Movies have been a huge part of my life for as long as I can remember. I love everything about movies and have for a while. As a kid, I would watch the behind the scenes clips of all my favorite movies. The way movies got made was just as interesting to me as the movies themselves. I watched everything from The Lion King, We Are Marshall, and Star Wars, to Goodwill Hunting and Rain Man. By the time I was finishing high school, I thought I might pursue a career in film. After three years of film school, I've now moved into something maybe a little more practical. My name is Josh Karsgaard and I'm now a creative communication student at Red River College. You're about to peek into my brain and see how I think about movies and what I think makes a great villain. Watching movies is a phenomenon unlike anything else in life. Nothing else is so unilaterally enjoyed by people of all ages, backgrounds, races, and cultures. Anyone can find a movie that they connect with. Movies pique the interests of people for lots of reasons. Some people connect to movies because they can relate to the characters, their struggles, or their journeys. Others watch movies for the opposite reason, to escape the realities of life. People look for excitement outside of their daily routines. Once people are watching a movie, conflict is what keeps them invested in the story. No one wants to watch a movie where the protagonist gets exactly what they want without a challenge. Imagine a Lord of the Rings where Frodo walks the ring right into Mordor. How about a Lion King where Mufasa retires at an old age and passes the throne to his son? I wouldn't watch those movies. They sound pretty boring. Conflict creates drama, and drama is why people watch movies. Today, we are going to look at three villains who have created gripping conflicts in film, and how their characterization contributed to those conflicts. Three of the most iconic villains in cinematic history all share one trait. Their backstory hasn't been spelled out for the audience. For the most part, when each film begins, their respective villain is introduced to the story with no justification. The film simply communicates to the audience who this person is and that they will be an opposing force in the narrative of the film. Listeners beware, this show will cover important plot points from 1977's Star Wars, 1991's The Silence of the Lambs, and 2008's The Dark Knight. Consider this your official spoiler warning. If you haven't seen these films yet, shame on you. Pause the show, correct that, and then come back and keep listening. Okay, welcome back. Now that you've watched three of the greatest movies of all time, let's get into the list. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You're not more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Clarice? Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs changed audience expectations of what it means to be a villain. He creates conflict in the most charismatic way ever seen on film. The film is about FBI agent Clarice Starling hunting down notorious serial killer Buffalo Bill. Clarice is all but forced into consulting with Hannibal, an imprisoned cannibal serial killer. Hannibal shapes the narrative of the film, and yet he's only on screen for 16 minutes. That's less than 14% of the film's 2 hour and 18 minute runtime. In a short span of time, Hannibal Lecter manages to create internal 
and external conflict in the film. The internal conflict Hannibal creates is inside Clarice's mind. He gets inside her head and causes her to question her every move. The film is shot from Clarice's perspective in the world, allowing the audience to see into her mind and how deeply Hannibal affects her. Hannibal creates external conflict in the film when, spoilers, he escapes police custody after eating the face of a cop. In the third act of the film, a new strand is woven into the conflict of the narrative. And now, not only does Clarice have to find Buffalo Bill, but she also has to look over her shoulder for Hannibal Lecter who might come for her. Before you watch this movie, if someone were to tell you that you'd smile when you saw a cannibal serial killer on screen, you'd think they were crazy. Through charisma and manipulation, Hannibal Lecter appeals to the audience. You don't want to hate him, but you have no choice. He's a murderer that eats his victims at the end of the day. Hannibal Lecter is the perfect example of a villain you want to love, but have to hate. He plays with the audience's feelings and almost makes them forget what he truly is. Kill you? I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Do you want to know how I got these scars? Why so serious? Let's consider the Joker from The Dark Knight. He is a villain without compromise, and we see as much in the film. The Joker is the definition of chaotic evil. He does what he does for no reason other than the creation of chaos. He has no backstory, and the result is a villain shrouded in mystery. It's all too easy during the film to forget that the Joker is even human. Behind the makeup and scars, he feels almost supernatural in character. Contrary to Hannibal Lecter, he is shown with no shred of humanity and no apparent weakness. Possibly, this scariest part of the Joker is his nihilistic view of society in combination with the mystery that surrounds him. His actions are the result of a man with nothing to lose, and a man with nothing to lose creates tension, and it makes the audience uneasy as they watch the film. The Joker is crafted to perfectly counter Batman in every way. The two of them create the single greatest dichotomy ever seen in film. The Joker is the yin to Batman's yang, the peanut butter to his jelly, the, well, you get the idea. The two of them are locked in the perfect conflict of good versus evil. This conflict has been going on for 68 years and has been loved by fans and viewers for that exact reason. I am altering the deal. Pray I do not alter it any further. I find your lack of faith disturbing. No, I am your father. Finally, you can't make a list of gripping villains without talking about possibly the most gripping villain, pun intended, in storytelling history. Darth Vader commands absolute attention when he is on screen. The character arc of Darth Vader engages the audience over the course of the original Star Wars trilogy because of the mystery that surrounds him. If we don't consider those dreaded prequel films, Vader has no backstory. The first time he's on screen is when he walks over the scorched bodies of rebel soldiers without even glancing down. The audience doesn't know who this is or where he came from. All they see is the iconic jet black helmet and accompanying costume contrasted against the white walls of the rebellion's spaceship. Immediately, the audience is presented with a visual metaphor for the conflict that will take place over the next three films, an opposition of darkness and light. Vader becomes the symbol of this conflict even though 
though he only represents one side of it. Vader's journey spirals deeper and deeper into darkness over the course of the next two and a half films. Only near the end of Return of the Jedi does Vader show his true colors right before his inevitable death. The entire conflict of Star Wars is based on the concept of destiny. Similar to Hannibal Lecter, Vader has an astonishingly small amount of screen time across the original trilogy. The three movies total 6 hours and 28 minutes, and yet Darth Vader is only on screen for 34 minutes. Don't worry, I did the math for you. That's 8% of all three movies combined. Even after a tiny amount of screen time, Vader remains one of the most iconic villains in film history. All three villains we looked at today have one thing in common. They are surrounded by doubt, mystery, and secrecy. Audiences are forced to speculate at their origins. There have been attempts for each villain to make movies explaining their backstories. Look no further than the discrepancies in audience reception and popularity of the films on our list today. The Star Wars prequel trilogy delves directly into what made Darth Vader who he is. The result is three films regarded as a joke by some of even the most devoted Star Wars fans. Following the massive success of The Silence of the Lambs, two films were made that dipped into Hannibal's backstory. Both films were no near as popular as The Silence of the Lambs, certainly not Oscar-worthy. The Killing Joke is an animated Batman film that talks about the Joker's history and how he became who he is. The Joker in that story creates a far less compelling conflict than the Joker in The Dark Knight. Villains are less engaging when there are no questions left to ask about where they came from. These films spoon-feed information to the audience and are less effective than their popular predecessors for this reason. Whether you love them or love to hate them, mysterious villains create great conflict. And without great conflict, can you really have great story? Hello everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please check the show notes for additional sources of information. This podcast was just one in a series created by many talented creative communication students. If you'd like to hear more student-made podcasts, click the link in the show notes and it will direct you to the Crecom Stories podcast page. Until next time, this is Josh Karsgaard. I'll see you around.